Thank you so much. Thank you for that warm welcome back. You can't know the joy that I feel to be able to be back with you. Uh, not 100%, but I'm working on it. And I have great medical professionals who are working on that. But as one of my medical professionals said, prayers worked. The prayers of the faithful have worked. And I'm so glad to be back with you. And I'm so glad to see you. And I'm so glad to be able to Truly, it is a joy to be able to welcome you here today. Thank you for joining us for worship and uh, for, um, again, for all your continued prayers and your faithfulness throughout this whole thing. I love you, and Linda loves you, and uh, what a wonderful church family you are, and we're very grateful, and we give God all the honor and the glory and praise for what he has done, and I'll share more at a later time about that journey. But we're, again, we're glad you're here. If you're a guest, thank you for being here today. We have a uh, gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Just walk by that Welcome Center and pick up that bag, and it has the gift, and it also has some information for you as well. But we're glad if you are a guest, we're glad you're here today. We pray you feel God's presence as we worship him. I'm going to ask you if you want to and uh, to stand and greet those around you, however you feel comfortable, and uh, then we'll move into a time of praise with Lauren. Thank you, and you may be seated. Thank you. What an honor it is for us to have Lauren Talley with us today for worship. She'll be coming back tonight at 6 to share uh, a time of worship with us in song. And Lauren is no stranger to us. She's been here before. Uh, Lauren is from a, a beautiful musical family. And she has a beautiful, beautiful voice that God has blessed her with. And she has a beautiful heart for God. And we are so glad that she is here today and that she's willing to share. Lauren has gotten married since the last time she was here. <laughs> so we're, we're really that. And I just learned this morning she's living in Calhoun, Georgia. She's no longer in the great state of Tennessee. So... Um, but uh, we are glad that she's here. Somebody clapped over that, too. <laughs> we are glad she's here. Lauren, we love you. You come and you lead us this morning. Oh, I'm so glad to be back at Forks of Elkhorn this morning. How are you folks doing today? I'm so happy, especially considering that I was supposed to be here a few weeks ago, and then the ice storm messed all of those plans up. So I'm glad we don't have that problem here today. We have a lot to praise the Lord for today. Seeing Brother Bill walk across this stage, and he's on the men, and just seeing what God has done in his life, and I know what God has done for all of the rest of us here this morning. We've got something to praise him for today. Amen? That was pretty good, so just keep those hands going like this, because our God's a mountain mover here today, amen? My God is a mountain mover, my God's gonna make a way, can't count all the times. 
situation Watch him turn it all around Nothing is impossible I can't hold back, I've got a shout My God, my God, my God is a mountain mover You believe that? Say amen Got a problem in my pathway I feel I'm frozen here Especially today Thank you, Lauren. Now, would you stand and join us? We sing Majesty, worship His Majesty.
is the way, the truth, and the life. You join as our worship team leads us.
great day it is to be in the house of the Lord. Aren't you glad you came to worship today? Amen. Were you going to sing another one or were you, was that it? Okay. You keep on singing as far as I'm concerned. Great. Thank you so much. It is a beautiful, wonderful day. It's a day that we give God all the glory and praise I, too, want to echo, Bill, what a joy it is to have you back with us, you and Linda, after a long, difficult season. We welcome you back. So grateful that God's healing and His grace is sufficient and His power is made perfect in weakness. And what a joy it is to have Lauren with us today. Can't wait to come back tonight and hear in a full concert. You don't want to miss it. It'll be great. But every week, there's an opportunity for us to come together and pray. We have kneeling benches where you can kneel or you can stand. You can pray from your seat. For those of you watching at home or from Florida or wherever you're watching, we ask that you would join us and, and make it an altar wherever you are. And uh, one of our sweet members pointed out before the service that since during COVID, we've not been taking up an offering, but we have the offering boxes. They reminded me that we still need to bless those tithes and offerings. So through this time of prayer, we'll also be blessing, thanking God for his tithes and his offerings. But I'd like to invite you, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come join me at this altar as we lift up our prayers together. Won't you come pray with me today? O oh God, we bow humbly before an almighty God. Father, it is great to be in your house today to sing praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised. We thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. We ask, O oh God, that you would draw us close. We thank you, O oh God, that you are a beautiful and you are a powerful and a holy God. And Father, we have come to lift high the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to be thick in this place. Father, that you would bind Satan, that he would have no glory or victory in this service or in our lives. And Father, we come with grateful hearts. 
We're grateful, Father, that Bill was able to be back today and Linda, and we pray, God, your blessings upon his continued healing and health and strength. We're grateful, Father, that Lauren could be here today to, to give praise to you. Thank you for her ministry and ask that you would continue to bless her, God, in a mighty way. Father, we continue to pray for Leighton and Lauren as they embark on their new journey in Somerset and ask your blessings upon them, God, and that you would continue to bless this church and our student ministry and all those, God, who work with our students. Father, we just pray for this pandemic to end once and for all. And we pray, oh God, that healing would begin, Father, in every way. And Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness through this difficult time. We thank you, Father, for the faithfulness and the giving from your people. Would you bless the tithes and offerings that they would be used to bring glory and honor to you and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, we just pray for folks that are grieving today. Father, we continue to lift up Mary Ellen and Scott Robertson in the loss of Mary Ellen's mother, that you would comfort them. Father, be with Rick Bailey in the loss of his brother Jamie, that he might feel comfort and strength. Father, I pray for my aunt that just uh, had a fall this morning and pray that you would heal my Aunt Loretta, that she would not have any broken bones. Father, we continue to pray for all the names on our prayer list that need a divine touch from you. We know you are able. We pray for healing. We pray for revival and spiritual awakening. And may it begin in our hearts and the heart of this church and spread like wildfire throughout this nation and world. And, oh, God, I just pray that our hearts would be right with yours. Remove, God, any anger, any bitterness, any unforgiveness. Father, remove any untruths. Remove any of Satan's attacks upon our bodies, upon our health, upon our lives, upon our families, upon your church. And I pray that you would receive all the glory for the victory we trust you to bring. I just pray now, God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service. Would you sing and play through our musicians in a moment? And God, speak through your word and through your servant. Because when I am weak, then I am strong through Christ. And I pray, oh God, that if there are those here or watching that have never given their heart and life to you, if they've never made a commitment to Jesus, may today be the day of salvation for somebody, for many. So, oh God, our prayer is that you would have your way in everything we say and do, and that you would be glorified, for it is in the strong and holy and powerful and beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 
14, Matthew chapter 14, and as you're doing that, again, I'm grateful that our choir will be coming to lead us after the reading of God's Word. Beginning with verse 22 of Matthew chapter 14, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Anything right now, but I looked over and realized I left my music on the pulpit. <laughs> so I had to find some gracious way to come over here and get it. Um, but I did want to say something I did not say in the beginning, how grateful I am to Jay Jacobs for all of his work and for filling in while I was gone. Jay, thank you. He has been a godsend, uh, both musically and as a friend, and I love him and I appreciate him. And somebody asked me, the first Sunday you're back, would you please do with the choir, How Great Thou Art? And I said, I'll do my best. And we do truly serve a great God, how great thou art.
sent him to die, I scarce can take it Amen. Thank you all for leading so powerfully and so beautifully. And he is great, isn't he? We serve a great and holy and awesome God. Thank you for coming to worship with us. Thank you for watching wherever again you may be. Always like to share a little humor to get you ready to hear more important things. And maybe you heard the story about the blind who was lost in her car in a snowstorm. And, uh, she remembered something that her father always told her. He said, look, if you ever get lost or stuck in a snowstorm, you wait for a snowplow and then you follow it. So she stayed and waited, and next thing you know, a snowplow comes, and she begins to follow this snowplow. She followed the snowplow for 45 minutes, 
After a while, the driver of the truck got out, and he came back to her, and he said, Ma'am, what, what are you doing? Is, is everything okay? She said, Yes. My dad said if I was ever stuck in a snowstorm that I should follow a snowplow. And he goes, Okay, I understand. He said, Well, I'm finished with the Walmart parking lot. You want to follow me over to Lowe's now? Lauren, I used to be blind. I used to be <laughs> blind. Okay. She tells preacher's jokes, she said. So <laughs> the last several weeks, we have been going through a series of sermons called Rebuilding God's Way. We have been looking at some principles to help us rebuild after this devastating pandemic that we have been through and continue to go through. Let's face it, it's affected all of us in some way. It's affected our health, both physically and mentally and emotionally. It's affected our families. It's affected our schools. It's affected our workplaces. It's affected our churches. And yes, it's even affected our faith. And I pray today that we would come to understand that God can grow us even through these challenging, difficult times. Last week, if you were here, we looked at the important principle of excellence. Remember, Paul had been challenging the church at Corinth to aim for perfection. What he meant by that was that we are all to aim to be more like Christ, who is perfect in every way. And yet we all fall short of his glory and we all make mistakes and we all sin, but our, our aim, our goal should be to be more like Christ. And today we come to the very important and the most needed principle of faith. In our scripture passage, we see Jesus after feeding the 5,000 uh, commanding or compelling or making his disciples get in a boat to go on over to the other side. Why, why was Jesus compelling or making his disciples get in the boat? Well, the reason he was doing that can be found in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 15, because the crowd wished to come and make Jesus a king by force, Jesus knew this was a dangerous situation. And so he thought it would be best to send his disciples on and Jesus would handle the matter. Isn't that just like Jesus? He always handles our worries, handles our fears, handles our sin, handles all of our insecurities, all of our problems. He knows what's best for us even when we are not certain of what's best for us. Jesus always knows what's best. And in this passage of Scripture today, I believe Jesus can give us through faith some simple principles to help us even during this season to grow to be more like Christ. But the first thing we must do is make a commitment to follow him. We must make a commitment to follow him. 
In verse 22, it said, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. The disciples had to make a commitment that they were going to follow Jesus. They had to make a commitment to get in the boat. Have you ever made a decision, a commitment to follow Jesus? Let me ask you, if you have, have you kept up your end of the commitment? Have you kept up your end of the deal and making a commitment to follow Christ? Jesus told the disciples early on the cost of following him. In Luke 9, 23, he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves take up their cross daily and follow me. They understood from the get-go that it was going to take denying self and sacrifice in order to follow Jesus Christ. Sometimes we try to stay away from commitments. Sometimes we are scared by commitments. This past week, I met with a couple to do some pre-marriage counseling. And I actually shared this with one of our members, or they shared with me a story just this past Wednesday night. But when I meet with the couple, I always start, as you all have heard me say this many times, always ask a couple, I always say, look, throughout the course of this counseling session, you can answer everything together except this very first question, you got to fly solo. You can't phone a friend, do 50-50 or poll the audience. You have to answer this by yourself. And I asked them, what is your definition of love? Y'all have heard me share that. And many times, like I've said, the younger they are, many times they'll say, it's this feeling. <laughs> when she walks in there, I get this, you know, this feeling. I get this butterfly, you know, this feeling. And I'll say, that's, man, that's great, you know, uh, it's a feeling. I understand that. And then this past week, the couple gave very mature answers, and I, their definition was right on. I said there's no wrong answer. But afterward, I always come back to tell them love is a commitment. It's a commitment, whether you feel like it or not. It's a commitment through the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, the challenging times, the difficult times. And I just wonder how many of us when we made a commitment to follow Jesus, that we have kept up again our end of our commitment. Even when we've not felt it, even when it's not been easy, even when we've had to sacrifice and deny ourselves, have we been willing to keep our commitment in following Christ? This past week, I also got to talk to two young fathers who had children that play sports. And the conversation came up that we're living in a society, a day and time, where Sunday is just like any other day when it comes to sports. And they began to share with me, one of the dads said, if my child is asked to practice or play a game on Sunday, we do not allow them to do that because we want them to know that church and God take priority over sports. 
And I so appreciated their commitment. I talked to the other dad, and they had a little bit different feeling. They shared with me that they try to explain to their children that if you make a commitment to be on a team, then you have to go play even if it is on Sunday, even if you've got to practice or you have to play. And I understand, I said, we want to have Christians on sports teams to be a witness and have a platform to share the good news and the gospel of Christ, but may we never put our sports, our practices, and our games before our relationship with Jesus Christ. What kind of message are we sending our children when we are more committed to take them to practice and their games than we are to teach them about Jesus and bring them to church? We must clearly make a statement to say, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And we're going to teach our children at an early age how important worship is in coming to God's church. We must make a commitment to follow Jesus, even when it's not popular. But not only did the disciples make a commitment to get in the boat, and we have to get in the boat, they brought their baby to church today. Aren't you glad they brought their baby to church today? That baby doesn't bother me. You go ahead. I'd rather have crying babies in the church than no babies at all. So I praise God for a crying baby in the church. Next Sunday, everybody bring your babies. Bring your baby to church Sunday, next Sunday. But the fact is, I am so grateful that God helps us to get to the other side. Not only did they get in the boat, they went on ahead of him to the other side. Now, he was talking about to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But don't all of us want to get to the other side? We want to get to the other side of this crazy pandemic. We want to get to the other side of our health issues. We want to get to the other side of our grief and our depression. We want to get to the other side of our heartache and pain. We want to get to the other side of our careers. We want to get to the other side one day in heaven in glory to be with Jesus. We all want to get to the other side. And I pray today that we would make a commitment which will help us to one day get to the other side to be with Jesus in glory. Many years ago when we were Across the street, as you all, many of you have heard the story, God began to do an amazing work. God began to grow us in, a, in a, just a miraculous way. And I remember when our little walls would no longer contain the crowd. And I remember when we were doing the two services and the closed circuit TV and setting up chairs everywhere. You've heard that story. And then we knew that we were either going to have to, to build, grow, or we were going to die because people will be patient for a while until they see if you're doing something about it, they'll say, I'm going to hang in there. But if you say, we're not going to extend the parking lot, we're not going to build anything, then we're saying to people, we're big enough and there's not room for you and your family to come. 
And so through God's grace, God began to bring opportunity for us to buy land across the street. We voted to build 100% through God's grace. The Hill family allowed us to purchase eight acres right where this church sits, where Tobacco Barn sat on the Hill farm. And we voted 100% to buy the land. And God began to do amazing things. And our capital fundraising campaign, we called Forks Forward in Faith. And for a small, growing congregation to make a commitment that we were going to be able to, to bite off a, a $3.5 million chunk of change to commit to build this church, not only did we vote on it and do it, but we had this building paid off in six years because of your faithful giving and believing when we have faith, all things are possible. God is good and God can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And we're, we're putting a great dent in our Cross Center edition as well. Uh, it's gone down from nine million down to a million. And so God is at work doing some amazing things. But the fact is, because of your faithfulness, we were able to get over to the other side of the street and have more room to bring people in to hear the message of Christ. So today I challenge you to make a commitment to follow the Lord, but also that you would call out to the Lord in prayer. In verse 23, after Jesus dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. How many times in Scripture do we see Jesus going off by himself to pray. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it said Jesus got up when it was early and he left the house and he went to a solitary place where he prayed. In Luke 22, verse 39, it says Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. And you remember the reason that he went. He said in verse 40 of Luke 22, he goes, Sit here and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. In verse 42, this was also in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives, when he said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. You see, we are called to call upon the Lord. We are to pray, to go to the Father in prayer. And what's amazing is, is why Jesus was up on the mountain praying, a great storm came. A storm came and the wind began to buffet the boat and the disciples were terrified, they were afraid. But I loved what Dr. David Jeremiah, who's a pastor and an author, shared that none of us are exempt from the tempest of life. He said a tempest can burst on some people without them expecting it, even when they are near to Jesus, even when they're not doing anything wrong but doing everything right, even when they are perfectly in God's will. That storms can come even when we are trying to live our lives for Christ, that we are in the center of God's will. 
Storms can still come into our lives. I think about another instance in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus had asked his disciples to get into the boat and to go over to the other side. Do you remember that while Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and he was on the a cushion at the stern of the boat that an unexpected squall came up? You remember that? It was an unexpected storm on the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret and and Jesus was sleeping. And then his disciples cried out to him, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? And remember what Jesus did? Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, peace, be still. And immediately the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And Jesus said in verse 40 of Mark chapter 4, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? I want to ask you today, do you have faith that God is going to bring you and me through this challenging season? Do you have faith that God is going to bring victory in your life? Do you have faith that that God is in control even when things seem out of control. I love what the psalmist David said in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. In Psalm 145, 18, it says, The Lord is close to those who call on him, who call on him in truth. In other words, when we have a godly integrity and we call upon the Lord, he is there to hear our cry and to bring us safely over to the other side. But that's where our faith comes in, that we have to pray that God is going to help us get over to the other side. Jesus said in John 16, I've told you these things, so that me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. We know Jesus gives us the victory, but we must call on him, praying like we've never prayed before. Have you during this season found yourself praying more than you've ever prayed? If not, I hope you will be challenged to do so. That's why on Wednesday nights, after this pandemic, we knew God was leading us to go in a different direction in some certain areas in this church, one of which was our prayer meeting. For years and years, we've had our fellowship meal down the start, downstairs. You know, we love eating. I mean, we're, we're trying to follow and obey what the Bible teaches. And in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the breaking of bread and to fellowship and to prayer. That's what we've tried to pattern our church after, the New Testament church in Acts 2.42. But then we would eat downstairs, and then we would have our prayer meeting around the table, which was great. But what happened is many times we would pass the mic, and folks would, would share different prayer concerns. And again, that, that's great and fine, but... 
what would happen is we do so much sharing about our concerns, we'd only have time for one or two prayers at the end of prayer meeting. So we were having a prayer meeting with not having a whole lot of prayer. And so one of the ways God had impressed upon mine and my wife's heart is to have a committed time of prayer. So we still eat downstairs. We're not going to do away with the eating. We eat, and then we come up here, and I share a passage of Scripture out of God's Word. We pray through that Scripture. We put it on the screen, verse by verse, we pray through that Scripture, and now the bulk of our time together is in praying instead of us talking. And I want to encourage you, if you've not yet come to our new newly formatted prayer meeting on Wednesday night, then we would love to have you to come and pray because not only do we pray for all these needs and through the scripture, we pray over these pews and over this church and over the ministries of this church. And we are showing God that we have faith in him to do what we can't do on our own strength. There's power in prayer. And I pray that you would join us and God can do some amazing things when we come together in prayer. But lastly, we also today uh, must have the courage to come to the Lord by faith. We must have courage to come to the Lord by faith. When Jesus was up on the mountain praying, do you not think that Jesus knew that this storm was going to come? You know he did. He knows everything. But Jesus, while he was praying, this storm came and the, the boat was being buffeted by the wave, the wind and the waves. And about dawn, Jesus allowed the disciples to labor there in the boat just for a while. I mean, Jesus sometimes allows us to labor in the storm or through our difficulties, through our pain, through our suffering for a while. But then... At the right time, Jesus came to his disciples, just like he comes to you and he comes to me. Jesus came to his disciples walking on the water. And, and some theologians and some Bible commentators think that he was just close by the shore, you know, just, just barely walking down. The, I think he was walking on the water, literally, walking on the water, toward the disciples. The disciples were terrified. They thought it was a ghost. They got scared to death. They were terrified. And Jesus said in verses 27 through 29, he said to his disciples, do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. And then Peter, we know about Peter, who, who always speaks before he thinks. He said, Lord, if it's you, Tell me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And then Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk to Jesus. But then when Peter saw the wind, he was scared to death. And in verse 30, he cried out, Lord, save me. And then Jesus took his hand, brought him safely into the boat. And he said, where is your faith? Do not doubt. 
some of us today not only need to make a commitment to get in the boat, but in God's timing, we've got to have the faith to get out of the boat. We've got to have the faith to get out of the boat and come to Jesus and to say, Lord, I don't have it all figured out, and I'm, I'm still a little scared, and I'm still a little anxious. And, and I think about in, in Psalm 34, verse 6, when David the psalmist said, This poor man called, and the Lord heard and saved him out of all his troubles. And he wasn't talking about being poor by possessions, but this poor man spiritually, this, this person who lacks the faith that he ought to have. And then when we make this kind of commitment, we can come to the Lord when we have faith. Now I shared with you all last week that we had written scriptures all over the, this church before we put the carpet down and put the drywall. We wrote on two-by-fours. We wrote on uh, walls. We, we wrote all over scriptures, prayers. We prayed over this whole place when this building was being built. You've heard me share more than one occasion. I have two stories to close with. But you heard me share that when we came here before this hardwood was laid on this concrete poured stage platform that my wife Kelly and I with my son Isaiah who again is a freshman in college he was in a carrier and we wrote right here where the pulpit is Hebrews eleven six, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him I earnestly, as your pastor, I want you to know, I earnestly seek the Lord every day. Every day I seek the Lord more than anyone or anything else. But guess what? It doesn't mean I'm perfect. My wife will tell you that. My children will tell you that. Some of you will tell me that. But the fact is, when we keep our eyes upon Jesus, all things are possible. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I think about out of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, when he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, keeping our eyes upon Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who endured the cross, scorning its shame so that we would not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him, what he did for you and for me, and to keep your eyes upon him. Have you ever come to Jesus in your pain, in your worry, in your fear, in your lostness? Look, if you do, it will be the greatest decision, the greatest commitment you will ever make because it's the only one that lasts for eternity. I want to close by sharing this story. I told you two stories. Years ago, a couple started visiting the church, and I got to go visit them in their home. 
uh, when we were doing visitation, when, when people felt comfortable to have you come into their home. And uh, I remember that this, this, these were adults. Uh, this man had never accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I shared with him, talked with him about it. And, uh, and he said, I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready, but I'm, I'm just kind of scared about doing it. I, I don't know. He's kind of a shy guy, kind of, you know, not an upfront in front of people person. And I remember, whether it was the next week or a couple weeks after that, I remember standing down here giving an invitation. <laughs> and I've maybe shared this with you all. This, this man who I'd gone to visit, he and his wife, he came walking down the aisle, tears running down his face, and he was trembling, literally trembling. He said, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And he prayed to receive Christ, and I baptized him, and he became a member of this family of faith. And I wonder how many of you, the only reason you've not come is because you're not an upfront person. You, you don't feel comfortable to get up in front of some people and it's out of your comfort zone. I'm telling you, every time I get up here, I'm a nervous wreck. My hands are cold and clammy. I, I never, it never becomes comfortable. I think that's God's way of keeping me humble to know what an awesome responsibility it is to stand in the gap for him. And I just wonder if there are others of you like my friend years ago that need to come today. And you might be trembling, just like Peter was. But then Jesus reached out his hand. He said, why, why did you lack faith? Why did you doubt? And he pulled him safely. And they worshipped him saying, truly, truly you are the son of God. Would you be willing to make that same commitment even now? as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any young people, any husbands or wives or children that have never made a commitment to follow you, they've never gotten in the boat. Lord, I pray this would be the day that we would say, yes, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Lord, I pray if there are other Christians that have been too scared and they've been confined that today maybe they'll get out of the boat and say, I'm ready to do what you would have me to do, Lord, to serve you, to become a member of this church, to, to use my gifts and my talents and my abilities to glorify you. Oh, God, give us the courage today to make that decision. Lord, maybe there's someone that's been visiting, a family that's been visiting this church, and, and they are excited to be back in your house, and, and they want to join this imperfect family who serves a perfect God. Oh, God, give us the boldness, the strength today to come because we know your grace is greater than all of our sin, and all we have to do is play and trust in you. So God, may we have that kind of faith today and we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus.
Amen. I'm going to invite you at this time to stand. If you're in this place, we're going to sing a hymn of commitment, a decision. It would be my privilege to pray with you and begin you on this journey of living for Jesus, who is willing to die for you and me. Won't you come as we sing together? for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. What a great day it's been. It's so great to see so many of you all back at church. I hope that we will continue to make a commitment to be back in God's house, worshiping Him, fellowshipping with other believers. We'd love to see you Wednesday night downstairs at 5. We have a great meal catered to us by Family Affair and then 6 o'clock. A great time of worship. We Not only do we pray, we have some great music and a time of worship together. We'd love to see you. But I hope that you will come back tonight to be a part of the great service. Uh, so grateful once again for Lauren Talley. She's going to be doing a full concert. And then following the concert, not only is today Bill's first day back, this is Leighton and Lauren's last day here. Leighton and Lauren have accepted a position in Somerset, and we're going to be having a reception right after the service to honor them. So I know you want to make plans not only to come hear great music, but to say goodbye to Leighton and Lauren and pledge your love and prayers to them. 
But I want to thank you all so much for, again, all of your patience and prayers and love and support. We love and appreciate all of you. I'm so grateful that we are weathering this storm, and I think we see a silver lining that God is going to bring us through and get the glory for it. So thank you all so much for being here today. Bill, I get to turn to you and say, would you close this with a song? Uh, or anything else you want to share is fine too. So we'll sing how great thou art. Amen. I guess to God be the glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. pray, oh God, we give you all the glory for the great things you have done, and we thank you, God, for what you're going to continue to do. Bless us as we go from this place. Bring us back tonight with expectant hearts, and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.